Hola, hola, mi gente. I'm Jessica Yanez, and this is the Wine and Chisme podcast. A podcast created to amplify voices and share the stories of people from BIPOC communities doing remarkable things. All while sipping on a glass of wine. So welcome to your new Wednesday. The Wine and Chisme Wednesday. say honestly i cannot and the next month is our official four-year anniversary for the podcast so episode 200 girl you know what that means like i have been hustling my ass off for the last four years to get to this honestly milestone episode (laughs) and then next month this milestone marker of four years and i'm just like it doesn't even feel that long Time flies by when you're having fun, as they say. (laughs) It sure does. Oh my gosh. Seriously. Okay. So let's just get into it because before I get into it, because you guys know it, I do have a bottle of bubbly, but I didn't want to, I, you know, I don't know if Antonio would want some. And I was like, do you want to make a guest cameo? Because a couple of questions like refer to him. He's like, no, 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 you got it. You got it. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do it. I, I'm hoping in February we can record in person and then we should yeah. do the bubbly then. Um, but, I have my cafecito today. That's Well, I already I had my that. cafecito, but my uh, I went back to one of a really good cat. I mean, it's raining. This week, it's just been rainy and pouring. Like we had to wait. Well, I woke up. I wanted to take the dogs out, you know, to go potty at least. And it was just pouring rain that we couldn't do that. So Antonio literally waited. He's like, okay, we had a little bit of break. He's like, okay, this is enough. Took him out really quick, brought him back in. And then right after he came back in, it started raining again. (laughs) So I feel like this kind of weather can handle a little bit more of a robust wine. So I'm drinking the 2018 Cab Cabernet Sauvignon from Sonoma Valley from Bastia Wines, who is one of our Latine owned wine brands. What was the name again? Fathia, F-A-T-H-I-A, and he has actually been on the podcast, Pedro, uh, the the owner, him and his wife own it, and they're actually pretty young, but it's 200, girl. Love it. Cheers. (laughs) Well, I'm very excited to get some chisme on 200 episodes, since we always do our chisme. You know, I have so many questions for you about how it all started and the motivation and the inspiration as somebody who is an aspiring podcaster as well, because I always want to do it. I like make it towards an effort and then I just can't focus on it. I mean, there's, I do have a lot of other stuff going on, but still it's like related to that. Also, I have a ton of questions and I want to get kind of that intel and that cheese from you too. So I'm excited. I know. Well, first of all, thank you for doing this with me and thank you for coming on board to help with these last... I feel like I've changed up and I'm sure we'll get into all of that stuff of how things have evolved and stuff. But, you know, I always have such a good time with you. So, you know, whether I'm staying the weekend at your house (laughs) or we do this on Zoom, we always have a good time. And shout out to Wendy Amara, who actually connected us. Yeah, Wendy. Years ago. Yeah. So shout out to Wendy because we wouldn't have this beautiful friendship without her. Yes. I love Wendy. 
Okay. Well, if you're ready to get started, I have like ready. 20 <laughs> questions for you. I don't think we have time to cover it all, but we'll see what we get to. We'll see what we get to. Okay. So my first question is, what is the moment? Like, can you remember an exact moment that you were like, I'm going to start a podcast? The general moment I know, because this had started as a YouTube channel. And I was talking to one of my friends and I was saying something and I was like, well, I don't feel I'm not quite midlife is what I said. And I was like, ooh, that would kind of be a cool YouTube channel talking about all these things. Because at the time I was single, I still don't have any kids. Like I wasn't really in a relationship. I was just kind of dating. And I always felt like there was this age segment that nobody ever paid attention to, right? Because 18 to 24, everybody loves that. 25 to 35, but it was like after you hit 35, right? Like that 35 to 50 range, I always felt like nobody gave a crap about that. Even though like we have more disposable income, we're making, you know, we're making larger purchases, all of this. But I always felt like that segment was, is always ignored, but I'm a Gen X. So I always, we are always ignored anyways, (laughs) used to it. Yeah. Um, So I started it as a vlog and it was with my friend, Catherine. Mm. And we only did a couple of episodes, but what ended up happening is she could never do it. We were always rescheduling time and everything. And I was just like, you know what, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I think it was so hard to get initially get people like to want to do a vlog like in person because people get very camera shy and everything. So that was the moment, like, I was like, okay, I'm going to pivot. I still really want to do something, but I want to pivot and make it bigger. So when I decided to pivot initially, the, I decided to do a podcast because I have friends like Pam Covorubias from Cafe Con Pam. She's a podcaster. And I was starting to ask her questions. And initially it was going to be called Amor Con Labios. Was initially the name. Because okay. love comes from these lips and these lips, right? Like, <laughs> that's so funny. So I had actually paid another friend to do the logo. Like I had logo was done. Wait, we got to resurface this logo. Oh God, I'm sure I have it somewhere. I don't know. I have to look. But so I already had it and everything. And then I was at the Latitude Conference in 2019. And a bunch of us were having lunch, including like my friend Vanessa, who ended up being on the podcast, including Patty, the owner of Hija de Tu Madre, and just a few of us. And we were just talking and um, my birthday was coming up. So they asked what I was going to do for my birthday. And I was like, oh, I'm having you guys are more than welcome to come. I'm having a few friends over and we're going to have wine and cheese. Meh. <laughs> and, and then Patty was like, bitch, you better change your Instagram to that name right now, or I'm going to steal it. (laughs) And I had already been thinking about changing my Instagram name because it was kind of personal, right? I didn't want to start a whole new Instagram page. So I was like, you're right. So that's wine and cheese was already taken, but it hadn't been used in years. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, fine, you're white, be wine and cheese. I'm the wine and cheese. So that's how the name changed on my Instagram. That actually came first before I changed the podcast name. Wow. And I loved it so much. And every time I kept talking about it, I was like, I felt like that was me. Oh, I just felt like 
this was me. And Pam was like, well, maybe you do a segment. And I was like, you know what? I think it just, I just need to change the name. And Pam actually did my logo. And we sat down and went through all these things. And she actually is the one who came up with my logo, which I always get compliments on. That's really, truly where the pivot began, like fully began as far as the wine and cheese mint. And I was like, all right, let's do this. So I started like asking some friends, hey, do you want to be a guest? Do you want to, I wanted it to be, you know, as somebody who listened to podcasts, I wanted I noticed that there was like a, a site, like a siphon, right? You had Latino podcasts, you had black podcasts, you had entrepreneurial podcasts, you had podcasts that skewed only for females. But I was like, there's not a podcast out there that just shares our stories across communities of color. And my friends are from across communities of color. My friends are Filipino. My friends are Laotian. My friends come from all over the, you know, Latin, you know, having so many amazing conversations with my friends, I was like, so many of them have such amazing stories. And I want like, just because they're not like famous or an influencer, their stories need to be told as well. So I just started asking friends and I was always like, when do I start? When do I start? And then Jesse Medina, who has the Femex quarters here in San Diego, she was like, you need to have a launch party. And she's like, here's the date. We can host it. We can do it here. So that really gave me like, boom, a time, right? A deadline where, okay, I really have to get this. That's where it started. It started, you know, started interviewing people. First three episodes launched on or dropped February 17th of 2020. So this was already happening before there was, you know, before pandemic started, you know, in 2019, we were, it was already changing. It was already thought about. We were already talking about it. And it launched before we knew we were going to go on a freaking worldwide lockdown. Wow. I would love to see the timeline of that and like the journey of the brand, because, you know, I'm sure obviously to like regular listeners, it's super interesting, but also anyone that is trying, which, you know, I want to get into later as well, like on this like entrepreneurial journey or just like having a creative side hustle, which is how things started. Right. I think even for me, like I have to remind people that sometimes you're kind of experimenting because it's very hard to start. So to think of things in terms of like, just like start to do it and just get it out there. And then once you get feedback from people and as you go along the journey, you will evolve. So it's cool to see that because I actually didn't know that beginning story of yours and it was something else. I didn't know you had somebody else you were hosting with, which is another cool question I have now. But it's just so cool to hear about the evolution of things because we do have to do that anytime you're you have any kind of like creative project. You have to be open to seeing where it goes. And I think the hardest part is people envisioning like long term, but things are always going to change. Oh, yeah. And it continues to evolve, right? Yeah. Like even so, well, I'm sure we'll get into all of that. But yeah, <laughs> it does still continue to evolve. I think I'm somebody who it's almost like if it's not broke, don't fix it. But also where are there areas of opportunity that we can make it even better? Yeah. Quick question about, you mentioned that you had somebody that you were going to do it with and you decided to, you were just like, this is kind of complicated. Like, let me just do it on my own. How do you make, what do you recommend for people that are making that decision? Because a lot of times it is fun to collaborate with somebody, but it's also incredibly difficult to coordinate schedules, especially if both people have full-time jobs or whatever time to do this outside of their life. How do you suggest people think about that? If they're thinking like 
solo versus not. My biggest thing was, I was like, you know what? If I do it by myself, I can always have somebody different to talk to. I can always get different stories. And I think that was kind of the key is because I rarely do solo episodes. Anybody that's listened knows how much I hate doing solo episodes, <laughs> but I know that there's there's some opportunities where you have to do it by yourself, right? You have to, like nobody else is going to be able to get that, evoke that response or that story the way that you can tell it. So as much as I hate solo episodes, I still do them from time to time. Just did one, you know, at the end of 2023 or for the first episode of 2024. But for me, I knew she was busy. So it wasn't, there was no drama. She ended up being a guest on one of the podcasts. But there was no drama about it. There was no anything. I was just like, you know what? Our schedules just don't mix. And there's always something going on. And she's like, yeah, I get it. Totally no problem. I think knowing, like I said, having so many friends with so many amazing stories, I didn't feel like there was a lack of stories to be told and a lack of people. It was just, how do I get to those people beyond my friends? I love that. You know, I mentioned this before, but I have tried to start a podcast a few times and... <laughs> I think it's in my future. I do. We've had this conversation. (laughs) This has happened a few times with like, tried to start it alone with like two different people. It's again on pause for me because being an entrepreneur, it's just hard to juggle so many things and focus on things that aren't necessarily bringing income, even though that's not necessarily the goal in the beginning for me. Also, I guess as being like a neurodivergent (laughs) person with like ADD, it's hard to everything sounds exciting until you have to continue over there for really long. So my question for you is how do you kind of continue to stay, I guess, motivated and just doing it for so long? Because 200 episodes is a lot and also four years. So I've kind of always been like this since I was a kid, right? I've always loved talking to people. I've always loved hearing their stories. You know, people have heard this story that I've said a lot where I was like that little kid who'd be like, Hi, I'm Jessica. What's your name? Tell me all about you, right? Very much like my mom. She gets the whole story in like the first five minutes of meeting you. And I would just always have these conversations and I would always just, I love, I love hearing about people's stories because whether you're, you know, me being Latina and me being second gen, I'm going to have a totally different experience. Like most of my friends growing up were like first gen. And they would have different experiences, but we would have a lot of shared experiences. But even within that, I just was always so fascinated of meeting other people, hearing about other people's stories and just asking them questions. I just still have that passion, right? I still have that passion of getting to know people and wanting to hear their stories. And because we do have a lot of similarities, but there's always so many differences. And I always feel like if there's one person that can relate and go, oh man, I feel like that too. And I think that's also the the important part to me is not just getting where somebody is right now in their journey is where did that journey start? That's something for me that I'm always interested in because how we grew up has such an effect, right? On who we are now and how we go into the world, whether that's, I never want to be like that or you know, my parents have been such an inspiration or my Thea, or, you know what? I love some things about this part growing up, but I hated this and I wanted to change all this, or I want to make my ancestors proud. There's so many different reasons that people have that to me, it's very interesting. And I've really learned something from every single guest along the way. 
And when I hear somebody tell me or somebody messages me and said, oh my gosh, I didn't know that's what I needed. Oh, wow. I completely related to that episode. Or I just recently had somebody say like, you are like the big sister I never had. And I love hearing like these questions that you ask. And it means, it really does mean a lot to me because people don't have to take the time to be a guest. People don't have to take the time to listen. So when they do, it really means a lot. Like that has not ever changed. And I don't ever want it to change the appreciation for every single person that has anything to do with the podcast, whether it's listening or whether it's being a guest or whether it's following me on social, it really means a lot. And that is what continues to drive me to to go, to continue to do it. I've just never been bored with it either. And that is something that's very hard for me. I tend to get bored of stuff, right? (laughs) Me. (laughs) But I've never been bored of doing this. That is so beautiful. And what I'm hearing is that it feels like it's so aligned with like your skill set and things that energizes you, which is like getting people stories, asking them questions, meeting new people. So what kind of skill sets you feel like somebody needs to go the podcasting route? Ooh, skill set. I think it differs depending on what your podcast is. Somebody like me, because I talk to so many people, I think you have to be comfortable with talking to people. I no longer write questions down. I just go with the flow. I So you really have to listen, even though my fiance would probably say, mm-hmm, you do more of that on your podcast than you do at home. That's hilarious. And you're like, well, in the podcast, there's a quiz at the end because the other person is like. <laughs> but, you know, I often will listen to something, something will perk up my ears and I'll be like, oh, wait, I want to go back to what you said something back here that perked up my ears and I want to follow up on that. So I think, again, it depends. If you're a financial person, then your skill set is going to be very, very different, right? It's going to be talking about finances and maybe you don't necessarily talk to somebody or maybe you do. But I think the hardest thing for everybody is hearing their voice for the first time. I know it was for me. You record and then when you have to go edit, you're like, why do I sound like that? I hate the way I like that. You, you got to get over it. You just, yeah. now I don't care. So I think it just really depends. But ultimately you just have to have the discipline because most 90% of podcasts do not go beyond seven to 10 episodes. So you have to have the discipline. You have to be versed. You know, if I were to do a podcast on, you know, let's say finances, right? Or farming, I don't know anything about that. That's not my skill set. So that would make zero sense to me. However, I will ask you about, hey, tell me about how do you do this in finance? Oh my gosh, you're a farmer. How did you get started? Is that something your family did? Like I can do that, right? Yeah. And I'm very comfortable doing that. And you have to get out of your comfort zone because even though I like doing that, it was really hard at first, not hard to talk to people. But the first time I was like putting out these episodes, when these first episodes dropped and even probably within the first year, I was always so nervous, right? Of what if somebody doesn't listen or what if people criticize? me or what if that, you know, because you're opening up yourself because a part of yourself goes into every episode, regardless of who you are and what you're talking about. A part of yourself goes into every episode. So it's all, you're like, oh my gosh, what if people, you're opening up yourself to that criticism if somebody should want to do it. And you just have to be okay with that. 
I've been very, very fortunate that I haven't, I've had a couple of randos, but my friend Gina told me that the moment somebody posts something bad or says something bad about you, you've made it. So, and, <laughs> and so when that happened, I was like, <laughs> instead of looking at it as a bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. That's such a great way to um, take it in. Like, yeah, got this negative feedback. That means at least there's like people outside of my immediate circle who are already supportive to me, like friends, family, listening to it, which is cool. Okay, well, um, that's the other thing. Don't expect your fan, friends and family to be your biggest <laughs> supporters and listen to it. True. Because I have very few friends, I mean, who've become friends, yes, but I have very few friends that listen to it. And my, I don't, I mean, my parents, the only podcast they've ever listened to is the live event uh-huh. in LA They've never listened to it. So don't expect that. They might share it at the beginning. They might, whatever, they might listen to it. But the biggest support has been from this community that has been built outside of my friends and family. It's hilarious because every question we talk through, my other, my next question is leading up to that. But I was going to ask you next about support system. Like what kind of support system is required to get you to this point, which I'm sure partner and friends and yeah you know cultivating like your audience to be open to they feel like they can just send you feedback which is you know like you said it's helpful motivation to continue like what kind of support system should can people cultivate as they go about this first and foremost you have to be able to see beyond that and see what your goal is right it's so funny because I told you I've been like this my entire life this is me like Anybody who's known me since elementary, middle school, high school is like, no, she hasn't changed. She's exactly the same person, (laughs) right? Like she likes to talk. She's loud. She's bubbly. Like none of that has changed, right? I talked to everybody. So when I launched it, people were like, ah, figures. (laughs) (laughs) We see that, right? Even my mom was like, oh yeah, I can see that, you know? (laughs) And so I didn't get anybody saying, you're not going to do that. What? Like, I'm very fortunate because you might get that pushback. And I think if you're resolute in what your purpose is, you got to put blinders on and find that support of where you can get it. Like I said, I had friends here in San Diego, Pam, Jesse, Cindy, Vanessa, like all at the beginning, you know, Susanna, like all these friends at the beginning who were like, that's awesome. What can we do to help? That was so helpful. And especially Pam, because she has, podcasts. Mm-hmm. she's continued. She's like an episode, like 400, almost 500 or something. Wow. Like and her podcast name is? Cafe con Pam. And she's been right. doing it for a long time. She's got a wonderful audience. It's one of those things where she was like walking me through how to do stuff. Okay. This is what you want to use to edit. She kind of really helped me figure out how to do the things. I feel like my whole career has been like, figure it out, right? You don't know how to do it. You just figure it out, figure it out. That's just what I did with the podcast. I figured out. I had help, but ultimately I had to be the one here sitting in front of the computer, getting it done. Mm -hmm. I launched the podcast and then like a month later, we're in global lockdown. And so I got a lot of support as I was starting through We All Grow Latinas, who I've mentioned multiple, multiple times because they started in office hours and they started all of these different things where I met other Latinas from across the country and even across, you know, the world 
who were like, yeah, we want to listen. Yeah, we want to hear you. Yeah, I want to be a guest. And I got a lot of support from that as well. I love that. It's supporting Latinas. (laughs) Yeah. It's been fun to be a part of, you know, your community and your events too. And now getting to join, I remember we went to an event and that's kind of where we came up with the idea of like the cheesement episode. That was the Me Too event, right? The Crema the Me Too. Yeah. The when Me I Too got some supplement. guy was trying to impress you and spilled his whole <laughs> glass of wine on my white I forgot that on the end and you were like, what? And it was slow motion. We were like. It was at the very end of the event too. Yeah. And we were like, okay, we have to go. Like <laughs> we are ready. We're trying to leave. I don't even think the dude apologized. No, I think he was, yeah, he was a strange person, but it was like slow motion where it almost felt like physics didn't even make sense. I'm like, how did that end up on you? Like, I don't, I still don't understand. Oh, right. It's just like flew. Of my white top. <laughs> then we went home trying to clean it and remove the stain. <sighs> you can't tell anymore, really, so. Oh, amazing. Okay. Yeah. Well, just a fun memory of the journey. Wine break. Time to refill that glass and come back for more Wine and Cheese Men. Speaking of feedback and kind of community writing into you, do you remember an episode that got you the most like feedback ever where people were just messaging you a bunch? You know, there's been a few of them. I will say one of them was with Mosso Cruz and we were talking about machismo and toxic masculinity. Okay. Relatable. Yeah. And it was, I got a lot of women messaging me saying I made my, my husband listen to this with me. Oh, wow. Or I have a son and I want to make sure he understands these types of things. Or I have a net, like for me, I have nephews, right? We talk a little bit about my nephews in regards to, you know, I grew up in a family of, of mostly women. I'm the oldest of three girls and a lot of my extended family, like first cousins, only on my mom's side, there's 50 of us. And only 10 are boys. The rest are women, male, female, you know. And so to me, it's very important that my nephews know to deal with strong women, how to relate to them because we're all strong and not to be putting women down and how valuable women are in their lives and in everything that we do. So I got a lot of feedback on that one. I got a lot of feedback uh, when my friend Luis, when he was talking about, he, you know, he's a dreamer. He was talking about his journey and, and everything that's happened. People love Liz Hernandez. And so when I had that interview, people were like, oh my God, it was more of like not feedback, but just like, oh my gosh, we love this. We love, you know, and she had a really good story in regards to not just her story, but we were talking about like, at one point she was asked if she could be more Latina. And she's like, what do you mean more like they wanted her to sound like trying to have like an accent or be a little more, I don't know, hood. I don't know if that's what they were trying to make. <laughs> I think a, a lot of theme among a lot of women in particular, right, mm-hmm. within our community. And so it's been a variety of episodes in regards to that. In regards to that, I get a lot of financial, the financial stuff, any financial episode. And I've I think it's really important to have, you just don't have one finance person on the entire run of an episode or the yeah. entire run of a podcast because people deal with finances different and what may relate to one person may not relate to another, or you may just feel drawn to one person more than another. So yeah. I try and get different points of views, different people. A couple of times I've had a couple of sexologists on. 
And people were like, oh my gosh, like I've never heard this conversation like this. And especially within our community. Yeah. Because I've followed other like sex podcasts and stuff where they're talking about it and talking about relationships, but it's very different when you come from community of color. Right. You don't have those conversations. My tia Maggie used to say, put a quarter between your legs and don't let it fall out. Like that's what she said. That's the the extent from the tias, right? Yeah. It's just been kind of a, a plethora of different episodes where I've gotten different things. I think it just depends on what people relate to and what they connect with. I love that. So you mentioned earlier that you've always kind of been this talkative and like, Russell's having a great time. In this I know, episode. I see him. Like, <laughs> I want to hear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, he loves to be in the cheese man. Um, so that you were a kid, you were like kind of this person. Like, have you, did you feel like when you were a kid thinking about jobs you might want in the future that somehow that aligns? Because I remember when I was a kid, I did, it was so weird. Like I used to want to like interview people. And this is before I got into the media space or marketing or PR and I did, like, I would pretend, you know, you see those like TV interviews, yes. celebrities, and it's like, yeah. I'm like, what do you think about this? And I would like do that in the shower. Um, and my mom was like, it just makes so much sense. You are in this like marketing PR type of role these days, because when you were little, you just love reading and you were like, but I wasn't super talkative outgoing. It was more of just like consuming a lot of information and like watching people and listening. Yeah. If you try to connect that back to me, a kid, do you feel like obviously oh, just talkative? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You imagine that? Oh my gosh. Yes. Because it was, look, I grew up being a Pop Warner cheerleader and playing softball. So I would always <laughs> call myself a girly tomboy. Right. And I remember very specifically having this conversation with my tia Trina and my tia would be like, I hate when I see women on like women sports casters. And I was like, I'm going to be a woman sports caster. <laughs> Wow. Like, I was so mad because she was like, I hate that. Blah, 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 blah. Just da, 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 da. very well. And I was like, oh, you know, I guess what? I'm going to do that now. Like I wanted to be a sportscaster. I wanted to be on. I think the E channel came on when I was like maybe in middle school or early high school. Mm-hmm. I want to do that. I wanted to be a lawyer. I got rid of that. Like because <laughs> I was like, I want to just. I didn't just want to be a lawyer. I want to be a litigator where mm. you're, you know, cross examining people and all that. <laughs> And then I was just like, eh, that's too much school. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm the same way about school. I'm like, I just can't. I don't have any patience for all that school. Yeah. So it was that. And then because I grew up, like I said, I love sports and I've always considered myself like a sports girly and everything like that. And so when my tia said that, I was like I said, I was so mad. Honestly, I think because of the circumstances that I went to college and everything really shifted everything for me mm. because two weeks before my junior year in high school, we moved, I'm going to try and make this as quick as possible. <laughs> we went to, we moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay. Then a week after I graduated high school. So we weren't even there for two years. Week after I graduated high school, we moved back to San Diego, moved back to Escondido where I grew up. Then I had to wait a year to get residence, even though I grew up in California, even though there's like, I, if you leave for one year, you lose residency. Right. So I had to wait to go to go back. And then when I went back, my parents check bounced to go. Mm. I had to withdraw. My parents moved up to Orange County. I ended up moving to Orange County less than a year later because I wanted to go back to school. So 
I started going back to school where I could get reimbursed for my job, but then I moved to Texas. And in Texas, they have out-of-state tuition, out-of-county tuition, and in-county tuition. So in California, regardless of where you're at, you pay it, it's in-state or out-of-state. That's it. In Texas, it's in-county, out-of-county, in-state, out-of-state. And I lived in the city of Dallas, but I lived in a different county, the county of Denton. So I couldn't go to school without paying like an exor, and it was still really expensive. So by the time I went back to school and actually finished, I was in my 30s. So that really changed the trajectory of what I was doing. Now I do, when I was, and I was already doing communications, I already knew I wanted to do that, that. But if it was 10 years earlier, I probably would have gone more into the radio, film and television school Mm. instead of the school of communications because they were two different schools, right? There were two different ones. Yeah, my college was like that too. Yeah, so I went to the Mayborn School of Journalism, which is very odd that the Mayborn, and then within that you have, like I graduated strategic communications and then you have the school of radio, television, film, all that. And I remember a professor when we had to do something with the teleprompter, she was like, have you ever worked for a tele- with a teleprompter before? And I was like, no. And she was like, why are you not in that school? And why are you going to school for PR? <laughs> you need to go into that. And I was like, well, at this time it's too late because I have one more year before I graduate and I'm not yeah. starting. Like I said, if I was younger, maybe that's the path I would have taken. But knowing that, knowing the ageism, knowing all of the things that go into that, I was like, no, I'm going to stick to my lane. I love it. You had those natural skills. It is interesting that they separated out communications. I thought it would all be one thing. And these days it would be, right? (laughs) Well, no, still at that school, it's not. Really? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think it's still all under the Mayborn School of Journalism, but then it separates even within that. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting. And I think that schools need to think about that more because you have to be so much more well-rounded. Like if you're going to be a journalist, you do have to understand like marketing your work and Mm -hmm. all of that. So, yeah, I don't know. I should, that's an interesting question. I know the Dean at the school now, so I should ask her if it's still like that or not. Yeah. Very interesting. When you're thinking about based on all of this, maybe exciting topics to do this year, What do you feel like you want to dive into for 2024 for your fifth year? Oh my gosh, going to five years. Okay, so the theme of 2024 is it's never too late. Okay. And the reason it's never too late is because I was, I feel like I was talking a lot about that. And the thing is, is I think we're fed so much and we pay so much attention to what is being fed to us through the media in regards to like these 30 under 30 lists, these 40 under 40 lists. We don't have a 50 under 50. We don't have excellence over 50. We don't have any of that. And I just feel like we have these milestones in our head based on what we see externally, right? And a lot of times it's not even like the full story. So we set these expectations on ourselves of we need to hit I don't know if you had this. I remember being like in high school going, I want to be married at 23. I want to have my first baby at 25. In your head, you're like planning your life out, right? Mm. And then I'm 21. I'm going, hell no, I don't want to be married in two years. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And then I'm like, maybe 28 or maybe 25. And I get to 25 and I'm like, maybe 28. And then I get to 30. And I was like, oh, who the hell knows? Like (laughs) kind of threw my hands up in the air. And I was like, 
you know what? I don't even know. Whatever life brings, like I'm gonna go with it. So for this year, I just really think it's so important that we share these stories of, oh yeah, I started this, you know, in my 40s or I started this in my 30s. I'm still working at it, right? We have Monica Avila who has her Luna and Leche maternity brand because she found like this, this need existed of like affordable maternity wear that you can wear even after you have your child. And she didn't start that till she was in her thirties and she's still working a job. She's a substitute teacher and working at do at building her business because how many times, like I'm still looking for a job and I'm doing the podcast and I had a full-time job when I started the podcast. And when I lost that job, I ended up getting another one. Like it's okay because we all have our own paths and it's not always easy. Look, I'm very, very fortunate that I have an amazing man in my life who's like so supportive, so supportive girl that he got me this dang freaking bobblehead, <laughs> right? This is a bobblehead and it, on the bottom it says wine, the wine and cheese man that he got. And so I just think that we have to know that we all have different starting points and it's never too late to follow your dreams. It's never too late, whether that's starting a business, right? Whether that's starting a family, it may not look like you thought it was when you were in high school or when you were in your early twenties, but that doesn't mean it can't happen. And I think we just need to constantly remind ourselves it can be so easy to get down on ourselves saying, I'm too old for this. I'm too old for, you know, there are some things I'm too old for. I'm too old to start stepping out to go to the club at 11 o'clock at night. That's not going to happen, right? It is too late for me at that point. (laughs) You're like, maybe, maybe it's too late to start my partying phase. (laughs) Yeah, I had that. Been there. Girl, I grew up in San Diego. Like we went to go to Tijuana. Believe me, that started very early, right? (laughs) But it's never too late to get your health in order. It's never too late to start volunteering. It's never too late to find something you're passionate about. So that's kind of what we're going to be weaving through 2024. I love that. Never too late for me to start my podcast. (laughs) Yes, girl. Okay. Never too late to find your community. Yeah. Also helpful. And never too late to take out toxic people from your life. Yes. I love that. We talked a little bit about memorable moments or how you got inspired, but what do you feel like if you could choose like five of the most memorable moments of these last 200 episodes? (laughs) Now I'm trying to narrow it down for you. (laughs) Top five. Oh, girl, that's hard. That's so hard because, you know, here's the thing. People always ask me what my favorite wine is, right? And I would say, well, it depends. It depends on how I'm feeling. It depends on the weather. It depends on what I'm eating or not. We have things, what me and Antonio call popcorn wine, which is very easy drinking wine that you don't necessarily need to have food with. I mean, you can have wine however you want, but it's just a very easy drinking wine. So it just depends on what, what do I need at that moment that I'm thinking of something, right? I will say this episode 50, and I don't, sometimes I don't remember the episode numbers. Sometimes I do. But this would, because it was a milestone episode, my friend Gina, she's also known as Gina La, the Latina here in San Diego Radio, in the San Diego area. When we met, we actually met at an event that Liz Hernandez was having here in San Diego. We hit it off and she was like, do you want me? I was like, yes, I want you on the podcast. We set it up. I go to her house 
and we record from her place. So we're in person drinking wine and everything. She has a very tragic story of how both her brothers were killed within like six weeks of each other, murdered. Mm -hmm. She talks about it. And I guess she has a whole YouTube story, like where she really shares the story. But for me, I didn't want to go on there and watch that story. First of all, I thought it was weird. We were starting to become friends and I don't want to learn that through like a YouTube video, right? So the first, when she told me and when she was sharing her story with me, it was truly the first time I was actually hearing it. And I was just like jaw dropped, tears running down my face because I just wanted to hug her. Even though like she's such an amazing person and she's really taught me a lot. We're very similar in age, but also like she's gone through a lot of stuff with her uterus health issues as well. And we we actually, I went on her podcast to talk about those things, but that was a moment that will always be imprinted in my mind because here I have somebody, yes, she's talked about it publicly, but it didn't feel public when she was telling me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Felt more intimate. Yeah. Like I said, I just wanted to like hug her and, and everything. We did end up hugging later, but I was just like, oh my gosh, how could somebody go through so much? She had so much anger and to come out from that and be such an inspiration to so many people. That is definitely one thing that I remember that's very imprinted on a memory of an episode. I remember talking to Julissa Prado, the CEO and founder of Rizos Curls and crying on that because growing up, I still have so much trauma surrounding my hair. Things that people used to say to me and being made fun of even by my own family. Growing up, we didn't have product for curly hair. I mean, I would even use products that was aimed at, you know, the Black community, at Black women. And there was never, ever the right combination of products. Mm -hmm. I spent a year because my mom convinced me to cut my hair to this day. I still am bitter about that. I spent (laughs) a year and a half being called fro, you know, (laughs) beyond just having great hair, like how much her product meant to me and probably so many people because there wasn't this when I was growing up. And so that meant when I found her product and found it was Latino owned product for curly hair and somebody who's that made me feel so different and not like seen. It made me feel so seen. And I was like instantly like going to the website, buying the stuff, zero hesitation. So that was definitely another memorable moment. Trying to one think more. One more. Okay. I'm okay, trying. We'll to- do only three, not five. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cause it's hard. Girl, I'm telling you, it's hard thinking of all of those things because. Well, what about your first event? I feel like that could be a. Oh, well, I mean, y'all, all of the events were just wow. Right. One of my biggest, when I initially launched the fraud, fraud, the broadcast, what the hell? <laughs> It's not, okay? Uh, the podcast, I'm trying to say like three things all at the same time. I want. I always wanted to do a live event. I was always like, yes, I want to do this, blah, 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 blah. Obviously, we're in lockdown. I thought, oh, 2021 will be the year. We were still in lockdown half of 2021, yeah. right? And then 2022, I was doing a, starting to do a little bit more traveling in regards to wineries and regards to that, but I just didn't have the bandwidth to do an event. And I was like, no, I want to do this. I said I was going to do this. So 
2023 was the year that we did events. And, you know, we had our first live event in LA. That one was talking about uh, representation in media. You were there. It was just such Ellie telling you. And I'm sure you heard, I don't know, you can tell me if you heard this or not, but I had so many people come up to me and say, you know, I've been to a lot of events talking about representation in media. This went so much deeper than any of those events that I had ever been to. This was so good. Thank you so much. It meant so much to me. Same thing when we did Dallas. Dallas was really about health and wellness within communities of color. And then we had New York, which was about representation in arts and fashion. I think I went into New York with a naive sense of what was going to happen because I was like, oh yeah, I'll just do blah, 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 blah. And we had such a great turnout and had so many people like say, when are you coming back? Like, and I've, and then afterwards I heard, do you know how hard it is to do an event in New York, especially an event where people pay and you had this many people here and we want you to come back. Like I was blown away. Actually, everybody think when I'm in New York, I don't know. Apparently I give that air because people think I'm from New York when I'm there, <laughs> which is really funny. I that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the love that I got from these events, because it was a way for me to connect in person with people that listen mm-hmm. and even new listeners. Right. So I got to like hear from them face to face, like, thank you so much. And we had obviously, you know, our Latineo wine brands that were at each event. And we really tried to make sure that we supported the people that put together the cheese and charcuterie when she's indigenous, one is Latina and the other two are Latina, one's Dominican and the other one, I don't know, maybe Mexican, I'm guessing in Dallas. And so they were all memorable. And I'm so happy that I've gotten to do that. And then extension kind of outside of that, not beyond the question is I feel like it's my, because of what I'm doing, because of having this platform, I have to put my money where my mouth is, right? I can't be like support small and never shop small, support Mm -hmm. Latineo wine brands and never support them or highlight them or anything. That's also something that has come from that is being more conscious of my purchasing power and how to use that and ensure that I'm highlighting businesses and and spending my money in businesses that come from communities of color. I love that because I know you've talked about how thinking about as a person who is in like branding and marketing, it is really hard for companies or you know organizations, brands that where they're like, this is my core value. And then actually making sure that all parts of their business execute on that. So I know that's something you said to me, even when it comes to like merch, I'm like, oh my God, like, where did you like get this merch sourced? And you're like, well, I don't believe in doing it through these huge brands. I do it through like this specific Latino supplier and supporting these small businesses. So uh, I know that's something you're really thoughtful about. And I think it's really cool. Thank you. And it's not always easy, right? Oh, no, definitely not. It's not always easy. I still go shop at places because obviously some things you just do, but as far as what I can, I do. And it's not always easy because oftentimes it's more expensive because they're smaller. But if you're willing to spend all this money at a big brand, like why not be a little bit more conscious and spend it at a place where you're supporting, where you know where things come from, where you know it's sourced, where you know that child labor is not involved, where you know that people are not being exploited, right? Like I got this dress from Cindy Castro beautiful. I finally got to wear it for New Year's, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) 
gorgeous dress. It was not cheap. I paid for the dress. Mm -hmm. It was not cheap in any way, shape or form. But this is a piece that I will have for a long time. And it is stunning. And when I have more money, guess what? I'm going to buy more from her, right? <laughs> I'm going to buy from JZD. I'm going to buy for my homegirls. I'm going to buy, you know what I mean? Like, it is very important to me. Like, even these earrings, my wine and cheese earrings, I tried really hard to find, can you see it where it says wine and cheese? Yeah. I had to wear them today. <laughs> um, it was really hard to find somebody. I couldn't find a, a Latin um, vendor to do it. So I got them, but I got them off of, Etsy. So it's a still a small business that did it. A small woman-owned business who put these together for me. Love it. Speaking of things that you obviously that has worked well in terms of just being really thoughtful about all the ways you execute and support communities of color. Is there anything throughout this journey that you feel like you could have done better or not saying there's any regrets, but yeah, I guess if you can go back 200 episodes back. I think there's always stuff that we can do better, right? But I think that's why we evolve. We learn. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think if there's anything in particular that I could think of in regards to, you know, marketing is always such a pain in the butt. And Mm -hmm. you're in a saturated market of podcasts like I said, like everybody and their mother's cousin's turtle's niece has a podcast <laughs> these days. And it's sometimes hard to stand out, right? I would never change the name. I absolutely love the name. I always get compliments and people are like, what? That's the name. That's awesome. And I don't know if there's anything that I would actually change because I think the things that I've wanted to change, I've been working on that, mm-hmm. right? As far I would like to have more conversation in regards to the indigenous community. Okay. I would like to have more conversation in regards to the state of what's happening in the world right now Mm -hmm. and how we can help and how we can make movement in regards to that. Outside of that, one of the things I wanted to change was like the music, my intro music. And so after the first year, I paid somebody to create so this intro music is something you're not going to hear anywhere else, right? It's specifically made for me. Custom. And I had a, custom. And I had a lot of input. Like she would send it. Her name is Betsy. She's a Latina. And she's even part of like a mariachi group and everything. And she's a DJ. I was referred to her. And then she would send me some things. I'd be like, okay, I want a little bit faster, a little bit slower. I want this. I want this. So I had a, a big hand in the music. And I do love my intro music, right? It's kind of just like kind of jazzy, but a little upbeat. You hear the wine cork pop. You have, The first time my mom heard it, she was like, who's that talking? I'm like, that's me. It does not sound she's like, it doesn't sound like you, Miha. And I'm like, mom, that's me. That's my professional voice, apparently. <laughs> I love it. Who's that? You're like, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously wanting to change things up and for having the first Wednesday of each month being very wine focused and now having the last Wednesday of every month really chisme focused, right? Mm -hmm. That's something that's just recently changed. Thank you for being a part of that because obviously it's hard to have like a chisme episode if you don't have anybody to chisme me out (laughs) with, right? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you're like, you can share chisme, but there's still like the chisme partner. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. So 
if there's things that come up or I get feedback, uh, if I get like a ton of feedback saying this or that, then I'm sure that things will continue to evolve. But one specific thing, no, but I do know the things that I am looking forward to because this is not the end. This is still the beginning. Yes. I love that. Side note, I'm cracking up. I mean, I know one of the things you kind of added in the last few months was YouTube and right to your interviews. I'm cracking up because um, Rascal, my foster dog who keeps being featured (laughs) because my, both the dogs are always in the room with me, keeps wagging his tail the whole time. (laughs) It looks like I have a tail. So for those of you who love watching, I promise he doesn't have a tail. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I do not have a tail. People go to the YouTube and you can watch him. He's been enjoying himself this whole time and wagging his tail. So it's kind of hilarious to me. But yeah, that is definitely something that I'd wanted to do was do the YouTube. And you know what? Here's the thing. We're talking about what that was something I was afraid of because I was like, I wanted it to be perfect. And I wanted it to like have all. And I was like, I'm overthinking it. I went to podcast movement in August in Denver and I was rooming Uh, with another conference. Yeah, it's a conference. And I was rooming with a friend, Valentina, who's a podcaster out of Miami and her podcast is called Mamas Con Ganas. And when I saw her, like how she did her, it's very simple. And I was like, here I am trying to make it like so sleek. I just, that was done. Like, right. I was like, why am I overthinking it? It doesn't need to be all of that. People are more forgiving on video anyways, with the ums and the ahs and the, mm-hmm. and so I finally just went ahead and and did it. We still have a lot of episodes to go. I mean, I think we have like eight or nine episodes out of 200, right? <laughs> so we have lots of episodes to go, but the beauty is I don't have to necessarily do it in order either. Yeah. I can just, oh wait, this one needs to go up. Oh, this one needs to go up. And then I finally found a tool that pulled a lot of the video clips because I have one that does the audio clips for me, but okay. I needed video clips as well. And now I have something that does video clips to be able to do that. So again, it's just continuing. Right. Learning, finding new tools, new tools becoming available. Awesome. So I guess I feel like we only have time for like one question, right? We could do whatever we want. It's my podcast. So, (laughs) okay. So one big thing I wanted to talk about was how do you feel like your relationship to the podcast has changed? Because I know for me, sometimes when I have like something creatively or something I'm doing on the side, there's like a certain relationship to it because it's not work. It's not, I'm not getting paid for it, but you did just shift to having parted ways with your last job now focusing on this full time. Do you feel like it has changed at all for you and how you think about it or like pressure or non-pressure or? When I got let go from my job, I already had plans for things. So I just focused full force on the other things that were happening, like the going to Dallas, going to New York. So I don't even think I really had time to think about that. I was, you know, going to Napa. I was part of, like, I had a lot of stuff going on. In August, my dog Q had to have surgery because we felt he had a mass in his mouth and got that removed. I went to New York and when I came back, it was starting to grow back. So I feel like I completely, and then by November, because that was in October when I came back, by November, we had to put him down. I'd had Q for almost 14 years. Yeah. And he was my true little road dog. I got him when I was in Dallas and he had flown back and forth to California with me. He had driven when I moved back to California. He drove with me. He went during the pandemic. He, we took a road trip 
just me and him all the way up to Portland. And then my nephews came back with us and he was my, you know, during the pandemic, he kept me sane, right? So I feel like the last quarter of 2023, I just checked out. Yeah. Because after that, it was just really hard. And then a month later, I was in the hospital for a week. Yeah. I feel like I kind of just checked out and now I'm finally like back into things. So now it's kind of giving me motivation, right? Mm-hmm. I think a different motivation that I've had in, um, because like I said, I already had other things I was focusing on. And even now I have other things that I'm focusing on because I'm planning a wedding and thank God, you know, we took our engagement photos and Q was able to be in our engagement Aww. photos which means so much more now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was one of those things where now I just feel like now I'm really focusing. Yes, I have to focus on getting things done for the wedding, but I have my whiteboard here and I'm like, okay, these are the projects that I'm working on. These are the wineries that I need to get. This is what I have to get done. Like these are the interviews coming up. So I feel like it's now I can have more focus, but I, I think I needed that last quarter, I was still putting out episodes and everything, but it just, it just didn't feel the same. Right. It just, I felt very disconnected. And now I feel like, okay, you know what, whether I have a regular nine to five job or whether it's just the podcast, I need to put everything that I have into what I'm doing. And I just feel a whole different motivation now than I did last year. Oh, I love that. That's so beautiful. And it's good that you took the time to kind of grieve and process and just like feel all of that because it does a lot of heavy events that took place. You know, it's one of those things where people are like, you've gone, like people know, like, right, you've known. And then, you know, I get, you've gone through a lot in 2023. And I think I just am so used to just go, let's just go, let's just go. That when I stopped and realized it, I was like, oh crap, I really have gone, like 2023 has kind of kicked my ass, right? And I just have been, but there's been a lot of really amazing things that came out, a lot of things that I had to and am still overcoming to get through that year. Very beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Just to, just with me and then also all your (laughs) listeners. (laughs) Those are, I had a lot of questions. I feel like. Well, Ellie, what what about you? Like you've, I know you haven't listened to all 200. I met a new friend who's literally starting from the beginning. And I'm like, oh my gosh, actually, let me share with you a couple of things before I forget, because I think it was so sweet and nice when people, and look, oftentimes people share these, like they send me a DM, which is cool, but it was so hard to find all of these things that people were sending yeah, me. In of course. So let me just say, if you like an episode, please just put on that particular post. Somebody put, this was after my first three years. Somebody was like, what? Three years already. Cheers to you. I love listening to all your podcasts and amazing guests. Too many more. So proud of you. And then, okay. So this is somebody who just started listening. Like I said, she's starting from the beginning. She goes, I just listened to the first two episodes of your podcast and you're truly gifted with your energy and ability to bring out the stories that need to be shared in our community. It took me through an emotional ride, but I felt overall inspired and quote unquote activated. Thank you for the important work that you do. Looking forward to connecting when you have time. And then this is what my friend Yvonne said. She said, so proud of you, Amiga. Salute to another 200 plus episodes. Most memorable moment was when you, and actually, oh, Kai, when you asked the question, if we know of any Latino vintners, 
We work the land, but do we own the brands? Wow. And because of your dedication to amplifying voices of communities of color and creating the first Latino-owned wine brands in the U.S., I can now search your directory and support our comunidad. Thank you, Amiga, for opening my eyes to amazing wine owned by our gente. That's why I continue to do what I do. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love how people give you like very specific <laughs> feedback and how to talk <laughs> back to them too, which is really nice. Yeah, I mean, I would say for me, I mean, I listen to so many podcasts and they kind of blur together in my head. But like, for me, I guess it was the in-person moments because just always having been virtual all these years, like it was, it was really nice to create that community. So um, I had seen that. You guys had your own little Dominican thing going on. Yeah, I was going to say at your first podcast event here, I went and it was like your PR support team was both Dominican and, you know, I had known them and I was like, Oh my God, I can't wait to come hang out with you guys. And I was like, I'm an extension of the PR team. That was fun. And then the get that, you know, you're, uh, Eliana, Eliana, who was on the panel, couldn't remember the name panel, <laughs> word panel who was on your panel was really fun. And she had like some really specific Dominican commentary, which was pretty cool. And then some of the guests. So that was really fun. We had our little like Dominican summit within your event. And then, Which goes to show, like, that's what I love, <laughs> right? I love that we had so many different people come. It wasn't like you would think, oh, you're in L.A., you're going to have all like this all Mexican panel. Actually, I don't think anybody on the panel besides myself as the moderator was mm-hmm. a Mexican descent. I think actually Nelson is half, I think he's half Mexican and half another Honduran or something. And then mm-hmm. Fanny is like Guatemalan, I think. Or, and then you had... Evelyn, who is Cuban mm. and Iraqi. Mm-hmm. So we had like all of these, which I love. I love that because that means we all have different perspectives, right? Yeah. But we also have so much shared experiences. Right. So that for me was memorable. And then you and I went to the Hispanic Wine Summit, right? It was yes. the name of the event. And that was just like a really cool experience for me personally and to like meet some of the wine brands in person raising our nalgas off because it was so cold <laughs> in Napa. we were not expecting that we shared a little cabin together a little romantic experience so romantical um, <laughs> very so for me yeah i'm excited for your in-person events to continue and and things like that because i just really love irl community building especially locally here gonna have to drive um, with me to phoenix when we have our well we're gonna have a san diego event this year we were gonna have yeah. it last year thank goodness we didn't have it because literally i ended up in the hospital yeah wow so in 2024 look for us in chicago phoenix and san diego excited about that yeah i want to do a road trip for sure do you feel like there's anything that we didn't cover that you oh my gosh, I think yeah. so. I mean, we have more to do for the four year <laughs> anniversary that is mm-hmm. kind of encompassing of the whole. So I think that's it. I know we went a little long, but you know what? It's okay. It's 200. Yeah. It's 200. Wait, can I go? <laughs> <laughs> we need like, um. do you have like a button or something like a? <laughs> I'm going to add one. Wait, look, put like in, I'm going to just tell JP my, yes. look, I'm so fortunate. I found an editor. He's out of Mexico City. He does such a fantastic job. So I want to give JP a shout out because I actually found him and we started working together over three years ago. Well, what episode um, was that, you think? That was First in the, year. well, it was in the summer 
of 2021 because then wow. my, that's when my mom went back. She uh, got diagnosed with breast cancer for the second time. And I knew I didn't have time to edit. So I found somebody and we've been working together ever since he told me I, I'm his longest running client, like wow. consecutive client. So cool. Um, and, he, and so I just want to give him a shout out. JP, thank you so much. You do such an awesome job. I really, really appreciate all of the work that you do with the Wine and Choose My podcast. So let's just add some like celebratory things here. <laughs> 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 <Right>? Fireworks. <laughs> yeah. Whatever sounds you think are appropriate, <laughs> but um, he has taken a load off me in regards to to editing. And sometimes he'll say, "Hey, I'm on vacation now. I can do it a lot faster than I used to." But you know, I try and send him stuff ahead of time. But he's definitely been such an integral part of the Wine and Cheese My Team. Love it! Yay! Well, thank you again for having me to celebrate your 200. Thank you, Ellie. I know I can't wait next time in person because I'm going to be up there. My wedding <laughs> yeah. dress fitter. Sleepovers, girl nights. Yeah. Yes. Can't wait to hear about your dress. Exciting. Yes. Mi gente, thank you so much for being here, for supporting us, for supporting the Wine and Cheese Mid podcast, whether you've listened to one episode or all 200. I want to know if you've listened to all 200 episodes. If you've listened to all 200 episodes or close, I want to know, like, I'm going to give you an extra shout out because <laughs> tell me if you've listened to all 200 episodes and what episodes you have connected with the most. And I'm going to give you an extra shout out for that because Love it. Ooh, we have been, look, we've been in over, I think we've been downloaded in over 30 countries. Wow. You know, I do tend to take a break in the summer and during December, but we do have reruns and people so they can discover episodes that maybe they have not. Please follow us on YouTube on, we don't have a Twitter or X or whatever. Mm -hmm. I got rid of that completely, but YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, we're on all of those. And we are trying, and I'm, you know, I'm a one man band, basically with the exception of our editor, JP, I'm a one man band. And then I have Ellie who guests every, the end of every month. So much I can do solo, but if it weren't for you guys, I wouldn't be doing it at all. So Thank you from truly, truly the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate it. And then until next time, <laughs> bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wine and Cheese Mint Podcast. For more information on today's guest, please see the show notes for links to websites and social media channels. You can check out all things Wine and Cheese Mint on our website, thewineandcheesemintpodcast.com. There, you will find the names of wines I drink each episode, as well as additional information on me, the podcast, and you can even apply to be a guest straight from there. You can also find us on social media at The Wine and Cheese on Instagram and at The Wine and Cheese Podcast on Facebook. Remember, if you want to hear more Wine and Cheese please subscribe, rate, and review. Five-star ratings are appreciated and those positive reviews are appreciated even more. Until next time, saludos.